So we are back with episode six of Shallow Research, which I think is the name of the podcast that we've been doing. (laughs) I know it's been a while. Um, I have my podcast partner in crime, Christina, here with me. Hello. And Christina, much like this podcast, perhaps not coincidentally, has been on sabbatical. (laughs) So we've taken a brief hiatus, uh, but we're back. Um, Christina, the beginning of your sabbatical seemed to mostly consist of doing other work that you didn't have the time to do while you were not on sabbatical in addition to getting the flu. So, but now you're onto a whole new phase of life. Yes. You're actually getting to enjoy this time, including being forced to talk to me about various happenings in our lives. No, um, this is exactly what marks the, the, the upswing. Of, the uh... upswing. Well, it's good that you see it that way. Um, but I think that, so we're going to deviate a little bit from our usual semi-structured format as well to go to perhaps the most basic and least interesting (laughs) podcast format, which is just the two of us talking to each other about things that we've liked lately. So we'll think of this more as just an extended roundup like we usually have at the end of each episode. Um, So um, while you haven't been kind of recording your advice and words of wisdom, you have been listening to other people share their views um, in your earbuds. I know you have a couple of other podcast recommendations for us to kick us off. Yeah, I got a recommendation to listen to the the Brady Hayward podcast. Um, and it's sort of an engineering podcast. And I know maybe suddenly you've, 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 you've turned off from hearing that, but it's about engineering problems. Mm-hmm. And they have a he has a five part series in the podcast about Apollo 13. Oh. And how they um, kind of solved all of the engineering problems to bring back the crew of Apollo 13 safe and sound. And you might say, like, oh, I, I kind of know that story or I saw that movie Apollo 13. Yeah. But he has a way of kind of describing these problems that makes them endlessly fascinating. He kind of brings engineering to life for lay people in a way that found riveting. So who is Brady Hayward? Like, is he just a random engineer who is like interested in exploring these problems and explaining them to other people? Brady Hayward is a forensic engineer. Okay. And he specializes in investigating the cause of defects and failures in construction and engineering disputes. I remember when we talked about it a little bit before, Mm -hmm. um, this recalled, you know, our own visit to the Space Center where I was convinced that early space travel, like, had all been a terrible idea (laughs) and incredibly unsafe and, like, not worth the risk. So I'll have, I'll take a listen and and see if he explains how all of, like, my anxieties about this not being a good idea might have been mitigated by engineering. Um, But then the other podcast you were going to recommend is called Pop Mom, right? Oh, yeah, Pop Mom. Yeah, I was just listening to that today. Have we talked about Pop Mom before? No. Tell me more. (laughs) Well, Pop Mom is a podcast in which John Tatey, who has worked with the AV Club, he's had his own TV show, but he's a pop culture writer and editor. He calls his mom, who lives in uh, New Hampshire, and they talk about a previously chosen um, pop culture topic. 
for 60% of the episode. And the other 40%, she talks to him about gossip from her small New England town. No. That's (laughs) an amazing idea for a podcast. I mean, I don't know if it's fully, like, you know, she just, like, tells him about the mailman. You know, there's a lot of information there. Um, I love it. Well, So you get, like, a folksy kind of approach to, like, a local approach or a local feel and then a discussion of something that kind of transcends uh, the local. Well, you know, like, my dad was the editor of our local paper. So Mm. I, like, have a sentimental attachment to very small town news. Um, all right. Well, so I'm definitely checking that out one out too. Um, but then the other thing we've been listening to kind of along that theme, um, not podcast related is Lizzo's new album. We both yes. agreed that had to make our roundup list. Mm-hmm. So you probably, all of our myriad listeners have probably already heard of Lizzo since she's been all over the place lately, but if you haven't downloaded her album, I know you've been listening to juice on repeat. <laughs> I've been listening to cause I love you. Um, and so both are great. Um, and then there's like kind of a female empowerment one, just like a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a line that I just love. That's like the only exes that I care about or like in my chromosomes or something like that. <laughs> and then it, it's like, I don't really need you. I'm like Macaulay Culkin home alone. So anyone who can wrap that and work that <laughs> into yes. their um, musicality, I think deserves to be heard. So check out Lizzo. And I also want to give a brief shout out to another female Minnesota rapper who you should also listen to if you haven't already called Dessa. I love her too. So who knew that Minneapolis was like this hotbed <laughs> of musical talent. But well, what I, yeah, what I like about Lizzo, she chose um, certain producers and studios because she wanted to work with the same people who worked with Aretha Franklin. So there's a bit of oh, um, nice. that, you know what I mean? So they kind of, um, and there's a little bit at times of Stevie Wonder. So it kind of combines, you know, in her work, kind of female empowerment, but also the vibes of so many artists that you can, you'll kind of, you know, there's a, there's a familiarity at times, yeah. you know what I mean? Where you kind of feel like you're coming home in the music to um, some ideas that are very current, which yeah, is what I like. She's really making it fresh and she's got mm-hmm. like her own kind of bursting onto the scene kind of personality. Like I'm here, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, so yes, that is definitely a must listen. <laughs> um, so now I think we're going to shift a little bit um, into talking about things we've either been reading or kind of watching lately Um, I personally have been on this huge kick, the kind of huckster hoax type stories, which have (laughs) just been like prevalent lately. And I don't know why they have such appeal, but I love them. And so, of course, we were blessed with the dueling (laughs) fire festival docs (laughs) earlier this winter. Um, And I think the thing about those documentaries is that like going in, my husband Harold and I kind of thought that this would be like pure pleasure um, because, you know, it's one of those things where it's like a bunch of rich kids who wanted to go to this kind of very lame seeming music fest from the perspective that it seemed very sort of showy and all for Instagram like type of thing. And you couldn't really feel too sorry for them. And then of course, all the people who organized the festival and scam people seemed like douchebags. You know, it didn't really seem, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it seemed like you could take pure pleasure in everyone's demise. Um, but I mean, it did dig deeper into like, you know, the people in the Bahamas that got screwed out of all their money and then the employees themselves that were just like immersed in this disaster. And the psychology of it is very interesting. Like we just kept saying like, 
why didn't these people quit? Or like, you know, why didn't they say anything? And so I just found it interesting that everyone just like kind of persevered and hung in there and hoped it would work out. So well, and one, I forget which documentary it was, but like the, um, one of the, one of the marketing guys, he was told to like go and, and he basically says he was like, I, I was told that I might have to perform a sex act on someone right. yeah, to, to like get like scene. our water trucks out of uh, Hawk with the import. And it was like, he's like, I went and brushed my teeth. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's just like, what compels people to the point where like, that's the natural reaction instead of like, okay, I'm not doing that. You know, like they're so drawn in. So was it like just all the force of this guy, Billy, who kind of, engineered this festival without that was all smoke and mirrors I don't know so if you somehow haven't checked those out yet you definitely should and then of course there's been a ton of stuff around Theranos but Bad Blood was like an absolutely fantastic book about Mm -hmm. kind of Elizabeth Holmes and this whole billion dollar company that she created out here in Silicon Valley um, based on medical technology um, and blood testing that didn't actually work um, and there's a podcast, The Dropout, because she dropped mm-hmm. out from Stanford in order to be able to do this, um, that also is quite good. And then from there, that led me to reading American Kingpin, which is excellent. It's all about like the dark web mm-hmm. um, and how this guy kind of essentially in his basement, like created this whole online community of people selling things like drugs and stuff, you know, online. Um, and that was really fascinating. It's by Nick Bilton. Um, and that totally drew me in. So that's another like quick, but kind of exciting ride. Um, and then next on the list is empty mansions, um, which is about like, um, an heiress and kind of her whole, her whole life. So everything kind of has this, um, smoke and mirrors, like what seems true really isn't true. Um, kind of vibe that I'm liking. Um, and I also wanted to mention that on the book side of things, um, I read a lot of that on Kindle, but all borrowed for, for free through the Libby app. Have you tried mm. that yet? I had downloaded it, but I have not used it extensively because I, I thought it was more older books that you could. No, it has Libby. a lot of recent stuff. So yeah, it's oh, like nice. instead of paying for mm-hmm. Kindle copies of things on Amazon, like you can download <laughs> them from Amazon, but for free, but through like your, your library. Public library. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I got, I read uh, the bad blood through my library as well. Um, and so definitely check those out. I wonder if American Kingpin, there was an excellent piece. I still remember it in Wired like uh, three or four years ago on Silk Road and the dark web. Yeah. And I I still remember reading that and just being kind of blown away by that entire <laughs> entire world. Yeah. Uh, so that's I fascinating. That, that, um, I think that story in Wired mm-hmm. is connected to what is, you know, what led to what was later described in more detail and kind of fictionalized within the book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's like this programmer um, who's just like this very ordinary guy, um, but kind of an iconoclast, you know, not quite wanting to kind of fall in line with like the typical ideas of success. Um, he was a libertarian. Mm-hmm. Um and so he decided to launch this like ultimate free market. Um, and the Silk Road was what it was called, which you referenced earlier, but it was sort of this dark web where you could buy like body parts. I don't know. And it got into this whole sort of moral dilemma about whether there'd be any limitations of what you could buy and sell. And mm-hmm. it's about how he's ultimately caught. Um, so yeah, definitely check that one out. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's a theme there that why these things are, 
I don't know, we're really enjoying them and also that they they're very popular right now is, you know, I think we're almost sort of interested in the limits of personal charisma as the kind of, you know, mm. path to success, if you know what I mean, where what's, you know, yeah. how far can one push that? And you're almost getting these limit cases and, you know, so it's not just schadenfreude when I, when I read these, but I'm just like sort of amazed at how long it takes for things to be kind of found out. And in the Theranos documentary, you have these, and in the whole story, you have these very well-established um, older men who are really taken with um, Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. You know? And at one point, they're like, they actually <laughs> say, well, I believe her because she's got entrepreneurship in her DNA and also uh, medical uh, technology like right. in, her, in her family tree. And in the same way that basically she's like, I can prick your finger and find this out. And you know that you realize that that's not true. They're taken by kind of what's in her blood as opposed to what she can actually show. Um, Right. I mean, she just like presents this whole package and then she develops this kind of persona around it with her like black turtlenecks mimicking Steve Jobs and her like faux super deep voice Mm -hmm. um, combined with sort of her blonde hair, blue eyed, like tall Mm-hmm. young girl persona anyway so yeah she's a character and that's for sure um and in the other book I mentioned empty mansion so just to explain that a little bit more mm-hmm. it's about this heiress who like had this like huge fortune I mean has all these mansions but then they all turn out to be sort of empty inside to have nothing in them she doesn't live at them at all and anyway it, I won't go into like all of the details of the story but mm. also kind of that same idea of of you know appearances being deceiving but people still kind of being drawn in by this mystique or this narrative Hmm. um so the other book that i know we wanted to mention is not so much of the huckster hoax um smoke and mirrors variety it's your own book which we wanted to give a shout out to you so tell us a little about it oh thank you so this past march i published my first book it's called the freshman comedy and masculinity in 1920s film and youth culture And it is out from Rutledge Press. The book is about a single film called The Freshman. And it's the first film to depict American youth culture in the ways that we are very familiar from films from the 1950s, 1980s, and and on. Um, In particular, it popularized the image of college life as a series of proms, pranks, and sporting events. And no one ever goes into a classroom, uh, which is uh, something that we're probably very familiar with from... um, from all kinds of teen films, even from the last 10 years. And the film is from 1925, and it stars Harold Lloyd as a young, naive uh, man going to college. So the book is very much about how ideas about masculinity are being shaped uh, by this film in the 1920s, and how they influence how we understand identity and masculinity today. It's one of the first films, I think, that really represents this idea that in order to stand out as a young person, uh, you have to fit in at the same time and, and all the things that go into that. It's a book that studies this film and argues for it as the first youth or teen film. Um, Very cool. And so you dug deeper into sort of this foundational history of youth cinema. Mm-hmm. And tell us again the name of the book. Yep. The title is The Freshman, Comedy and Masculinity in 1920s Film and Youth Culture. And you can get it as a hardback or on your Kindle. It's definitely something to be proud of. So congratulations on your book publication. I, in the world of academia, like 
it's so sad you end up putting all this effort you know into what you end up sharing with the world and very rarely get it like at all recognized or see any profit from it but like I edited a book I don't know five years ago and like every year the publisher sends me a check for like thirty dollars hey that's pretty good and I'm like oh man like I can't believe it's making that much so please (laughs) order Christina's book make sure that she gets a check for like thirty dollars in addition to downloading copies of your own book um now that you are on sabbatical and kind of the book stuff is behind you um you've also been doing some cross stitching a very hip activity (laughs) Well, shout out to our craft episode, our DIY right. episode. This is really kind of a callback. <laughs> because we all remember uh, my mother calling me out saying that I was not cross-stitching fast enough, I think, or more. So I said to her, I was like, all right, this this sabbatical this year, I'm going to do one of these squares every month. And I am way ahead on that. <laughs> Yeah, you've been like cranking out. So this is a Star Wars quilt that you're making. And I'm making 12 squares. um, And I have I'm almost finished with the sixth. So I'm almost halfway done. And so you know, I think my goal is then to have all them done before December. So you've been using a patterns that so Star Wars oriented patterns of the different characters that you found somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting, you know, um, as my mom said, Pinterest is really useful and Etsy. What I like to do is look for cool patterns on Etsy for things that I'm interested in. So this case, and the ones I found of the Star Wars, um, they were clearly designed by a human. And by what I mean is sometimes mm. you see a lot of cross-stitch patterns that look cool, that look like photographs. But that means they've been probably fed through a computer and then the computer just kind of spits out yeah. a... Those are probably the most difficult and I would say highly impossible to actually do because they have so many different colors. Um, oh, I see. They don't turn out the way you'd hoped. Um, whereas the ones where it's clearly been made by a human hand and designed, those turn out really well because they're made for people to make. And so I saw these and I thought, oh, these are kind of cute. You know, they have... Um, Nice design, really interesting, um, and the outlining makes them look kind of a bit cartoonish, but not too much. And yeah, yeah, they definitely have like a cartoon vibe from what yeah. I've seen, from what you've been posting. Yeah, is there like a particular Etsy seller we should look out for if they're a fellow? The source for um, for the cross stitch patterns um, that I'm using is called Valenti Cross Stitch on Etsy. Okay. And what's great is that I got like 14 patterns for $20. Um, Okay. So this is like a reasonably priced diversion. Mm -hmm. I have a recommendation for another (laughs) Etsy seller. Um, I like to poke around Etsy every now and then, often Mm -hmm. driven there by Instagram. Like it's interesting to see the relationship between the two when I see an artist kind of promoting their work there often it leads back to their Etsy store um so I discovered this illustrator named Abby Paulus and she makes Hmm. these cute little sort of like inspirational quote type things and kind of very affirmative art I would say (laughs) um so I bought a bunch to give to different friends and family members um but Abby Paulus definitely check her out um I think finding these people who um 
you know, do this art that's very accessible, um, reasonably priced, but still feels unique, like still, I think, really speaks to the appeal of Etsy. So Mm -hmm. um, she's a good one to try to find if you're looking for some art for your walls or kind of good gift ideas. Nice. Well, um, sort of making the transition now just sort of a different type of artist one might say (laughs) um but connecting to the idea of sort of discovering people on Instagram so I'm really just sort of fascinated from a sociological perspective um by this idea of of influencers and the whole influencer culture Mm. um but via the gram as I hear the youth call it um (laughs) I discovered that there's now this trend of things called cheese board influencers. Like that's actually a job that you can have now. So I've now like gotten sucked into this young person's Instagram. It's ain't too Wait, proud to Meg. Please explain cheese board influencers. Is yeah, that like you're so, selling cheese or is that like a, yes, a term? So okay. This is like the possibilities are now, have now expanded within the influencer world. So you're not just restricted to being like a fashion influencer or, you know, pop culture <laughs> influencer. You can now influence people via these like really elaborate and artistically or sort of visually pleasing cheese boards which are just basically like well-designed party platters <laughs> um and so she like actually so she she has sponsors like she's sponsored by some like goat cheese company this week <laughs> but also by like whole foods and sur la table and she's like been on tv and every holiday she's got sort of a you know, for people who like to entertain, like, here's how you can make an Easter version of a cheese board or something. And she's so adorable. What, and I, what you I need like to do now is her designs. I have visually describe to us what this looks like. Like, what is a, like a, I mean, like a influencer level cheese board image? I mean, it just looks sumptuous and decadent. <laughs> like, it's something that you, like, picture, you know, being served to, like, Roman emperors or something if they <laughs> ate cheese boards. You know, there's grapes overflowing the sides. Um, mm. But she has, like, a food stylist background. So everything is very well presented. Mm. Um, but what is kind of nice about it is that she... Like, she'll give a tutorial for each one, or she'll kind of, like, label each one. Um, but really, honestly, what she's doing is just, like, going to Trader Joe's and Whole Foods, <laughs> buying a bunch of gourmet, like, cheese and charcuterie <laughs> and crackers <laughs> and stuff, but arranging it so well that people will pay her money to, like, promote this or, like, incorporate their products into her board. So, hmm. I mean, I will give her props, like, yeah, your feed. Um, but I just think, like, if you're an old person like me who's sort of interested <laughs> in what Instagram culture has become, um, it's also just sort of an interesting thing to check out. So, Ain't Too Proud to Meg is one of the cheese board oh, influencers, nice. um, that you should take a look at. And then the other thing that I've been doing on Instagram, if you follow me there, I am not an influencer, but my handle is um, at No Gutman's No Glory. <laughs> And I've been doing this um, 100-day project with Abby, um, which I'm enjoying more for, like, getting to explore the community of artists it brings together than the participation itself. But basically, the idea is very simple. It's like, for 100 days, every single day, you will do the creative thing that you enjoy doing. So, like, I've been doing photography, and I've been doing it, you know, with my six-year-old. So, like, we each take a picture that represents our day, and we post it. And then we hashtag it, you know, day mm-hmm. 33 of the 100 day project. Um, but when you click on the hashtag, you can see all kinds of like amazing creations of people who are far more talented than I. Children's book illustrators, like digital artists, um, seamstresses, like anything that you can think of. 
Um, and so the way that it works is that like when you sign up to kind of follow that hashtag, I guess you see the highlights, like the things that have gotten kind of the most posts kind of throughout the week. So you don't get like flooded with stuff, but it sort of like works into your feed some exposure to like different people's work and then like different artists who are following that hashtag have like liked my photos and then I've checked out them. So it's kind of a cool example of like how social media can be used for artistic good or maybe just like where we're at as a society with how we now share those kinds of talents with each other. Yeah. No, I mean, I was, I've been long thinking about like before my mom gives her stuff away that she should like take photos and, like what should we do with those but it'd be kind of fun to kind of include something that's almost like a you know like a way to keep track of all the stuff she makes and um yeah and get inspired kind of by what other people are doing and within that same community so um yeah at no gutman's no glory if you want to see our 100 day project (laughs) uh work although i think we're only on day like 36 or something and 100 days is seeming like a longer commitment than i (laughs) originally kind of envisioned it to be when i decided to do this but well if i can do what six months of cross stitching (laughs) i can do 100 days of like lifting up my iphone (laughs) and taking a photograph and then convincing my daughter to do the same yes definitely um for sure um, so, but the other thing we've both been doing on our phones lately is home workout. Do you want to yes. tell the populace a little bit about that? Um, well, I mean, speaking of no guts, no glory. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully my abs uh, Laura, will be getting into better shape soon. Laura, in her way, has you know um, organized a group of us to do home workout, which is an app, um, and it has many. You know, it's it's one of the workouts. Basically, it's like we can give you workouts that target different areas of your body, um, you know, using just what you have in your house, you know, and so it's very minimal investment in, you know, any kind of equipment and it's really just sort of body weight exercises. And we did the um, seven days a week, four week total body challenge. Although as some of our friends noted, it never seemed to really care about our legs. So that was a, there were a lot of push-ups. It was like a, it was lots of push-ups and ab stuff, um, and I guess maybe my legs were supposed to be doing. Um, I think like we've now de- we did we completed the we did the we challenge. Did. There was a twenty-eight day like seven by four, you know, every mm-hmm. day for twenty-eight days. Do this little, and I would say the workouts are probably fifteen to twenty minutes, right? Yeah, like they don't take very long. Like it just leads you through this sequence of exercises, mostly using your own body weight, and kind yeah. of alternates each day between like an area of focus mm-hmm. I mean um, they would take 15 to 20 I do remember once I like fell I like passed out on the mat for about five <laughs> minutes so it like that was like a 40 minute because I in middle of in the middle of it I think it was like one of the most intense push-up days and I stopped yeah, in the middle push-ups. of one set of push-ups and I was like we're gonna need to take like an extended break <laughs> before I return <laughs> yeah <laughs> So basically what happened is that our friend Kristen like recommended this app to me and then like as her punishment, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. I was like, great, now you can do it with me. <laughs> and then we roped other people into doing it with us. But I'm proud of us. Like we've stuck with this and it was very doable, even yeah. though, and it managed to be challenging, like even though it's kind of a compact little workout at the end of the night. Well, I mean, I, I do, I, I noticed that I was stronger and I feel stronger after doing it. Um, I'm pretty sure I did maybe only one of the exercises correctly um, <laughs> well, based yes. on conversations that we've had. But the muscles that I did work out <laughs> feel stronger. <laughs> feel strong. 
and well there's like a yeah. robot voice that kind of guides you she's yeah i mean there's like a little cartoonish person right that sh- and you have to watch a video if you really want to see how the stuff is done and then sometimes you know i would watch that sometimes but sometimes not and the little right. cartoon person is is easy to misread because they're very small <laughs> and they yes. can do things that a human body can't do like <laughs> I'm looking at you, V-ups. I don't know yeah, what that yeah. is. but like, um... Definitely not doing V-ups where, like, I was able to fold my entire body, like, completely in half. <laughs> While balancing. balancing on, like, yeah. <laughs> just on, like, six inches of my body and the rest of me was supposed to be vertical. And I was yeah, like, I'm not, not sure how that. that's going to work, but okay. Right. Um, but the, the robot lady, I feel like, was an added entertainment bonus yes. because she often would point out, like, the exact thing that you were doing wrong. So yeah. she would shame you. But then sometimes she would make these really obvious statements. Like, she'd be like, we're going to be doing arm circles. Those are an exercise for your arms. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was in it mostly for her. She kept me going. Well, she also would say things where you, were, you thought she was watching you. Because at one yes. point she goes your abs should be shivering. And I was like, oh my God, how did you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she had good predictive ability. (laughs) Oh man. So home workout, like if you're wanting to insert a little bit more strength routine into your routine. It is free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So we we managed to do it for like a month and Mm -hmm. some people are continuing. Yep. And I can name like at least 10 different types of push-ups. Yes. So, I mean, really, we've, we've gained a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the flip side of this, so I've just been trying to, like, jump back into being more active in general. But to, like, compensate for this, I think at the same time, um, I've also decided that I can, like, indulge myself a lot more <laughs> when not working out to make up for it. So, you know, like, I'm working out, trying to do it, like, every day, multiple times a week. Um, but I'm also like buying my thing, things like the next thing, um, that I'll give a little shout out to you, which <laughs> from J crew, um, these velvet booties, which are something that like no person needs clearly, <laughs> right. <laughs> but are like the perfect kind of like house slipper <laughs> or sock <laughs> to like put on and like wrap your feet in decadent velvet softness after you've had a hard 15 minutes of like doing push-ups and you're putting your feet up on the couch. <laughs> um, so I'm buying basically like, <laughs> overpriced luxurious indulgences um but these velvet booties i'm telling you they're like life-changing so you should check those out too well i mean if i'm gonna quote tom haverford from uh parks and recreation yes treat yourself exactly they're to like velvet. A, I, the perfect treat yourself <laughs> type of item it's like a day where pra- all practicality you know goes out the window and kind of in the parks and recreation episode that you're <laughs> that you're referencing where he and Donna, another crucial character, and just go to the ball the mall and buy themselves like cashmere sweaters and leather goods and you know and he buys himself like. something he buys himself something velvet too. He's like I'm a velvet yeah. Like a velvet cashmere dinosaur. I know I used some uh, description, but I was like, that's what we need to be. <laughs> right. So the only other thing that would complete his outfit are these booties because <laughs> there it is. Okay. Um so um aside from what i've been purchasing lately um wrapping things up um i think we wanted to mention just a couple other things that we're both interested in watching um again once you have your feet up on the couch um (laughs) so you wanted to get have kind of a call back to something you've recommended before 
but is still going strong. Yes. Uh, Barry is back. That was from our first episode. Um, it's back on HBO in its second season and has come back really strong. And in fact, the episode two weeks ago, the one called Ron slash Lily, is one of the best half hours of TV I've seen all year. And uh, re- kind of a dark... I mean, the show is a dark comedy, but this this, this episode is particularly kind of um, strong on the dark comedy. And just found myself watching it and then unexpectedly breaking into laughter for extended periods of time. Um, and it's rare that a TV show yeah. will take me by surprise by, like that. Um, so well, really that good. That is a ringing endorsement. <laughs> so if you didn't listen to Christina the first time when she told you to watch Barry, then you should listen to her this time. Um, and start watching. So people should start from the beginning if they're just starting fresh, right? Yeah, I think they'll they'll get more out of it. And they're only you know thirty minute episodes, and I think okay. it's like seven or eight, um, maybe eight to ten episodes per season. Okay, so, so it's doable as a quick yeah. binge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. And then the other thing we're both looking forward to that comes out really soon, which I think would just be in the category of light comedy, is Wine Country, <laughs> which is the movie. I think it's Amy Poehler's first movie that she's directed it's her directorial debut um and she basically got all of her female comedian friends to be in it with her i support that (laughs) yeah and i think it's based like loosely based on a real trip they took to wine country um to celebrate rachel jack's like 50th birthday Hmm. um so then she constructed this whole kind of movie and madcap adventures kind of based on that but that comes out on netflix may 10th so which is two days yeah it's only two days away which means we got to we need to schedule our time to get some wine and uh, live, live tweet that. <laughs> exactly. Or live text it. <laughs> live text yeah, yeah. It. We're, we've decided that we're going to have a shared washing experience despite being on opposite ends of the country. <laughs> mm-hmm. So well, maybe we can combine that with like our home workout group somehow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like that needs to be a shared experience. But since yep. it's not in the theaters, we have to find another way to make it a shared experience instead of just going to the movie together. Um, okay, so I think that pretty much rounds things up for our extended roundup. Um, thanks to our listening audience for indulging us as we just kind of caught you up on all the things we've been liking and listening to and watching and enjoying lately. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if we can keep this going throughout these sabbatical times, right, Christina? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think now, I think what we're saying is, is that like full on sabbatical is an excellent time for podcast recordings. Yes. Um, So we look forward to doing more shallow research with you all. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening.